the Bookish Besties, where we talk about books and occasionally their film adaptations. We are your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. In this week's episode, we will be discussing Six of Crows, the first book in the Six of Crows duology written by Leah Bardugo. Just to let you know, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so listen at your own risk. <laughs> Summary time. <laughs> Six of Crows takes place in the Grishaverse, which is the same universe as the Shadow and Bone series and the King of Scars series. It takes place in Ketterdam, which is on the opposite side of the fold. I think it's near West Ravka. It's basically about a group of teenagers, and they're kind of doing crime for money because they like money, Kruger. They like it all. So they're really kind of, there's six of them, because six of crows, you know, throughout the story, it's just them going on their experiences. Yeah, it's basically just them going on a heist to get, um, so I really like this book. I actually enjoyed it more than Shadow and Bone and that trilogy because I just feel like in general I like the characters more and also the plot was a lot more fast moving and there's always something happening. So those are just all qualities that made me like it more rather than Shadow and Bone. And the fact that this book is based on characters just going on heists makes it a lot more entertaining. And I also really like the diversity that Leah added to the main cast of characters in this book. Yeah, I also thought it was better than Shadow and Bone because personally, as I said in the last couple episodes, Shadow and Bone was nice, but at the same time, I just didn't really vibe with the characters. Like, I didn't really feel that connected to them. And because Six of Crows is written from upwards of six characters' perspectives, we got to see a lot more of them and their story. So we kind of got to choose who we kind of aligned better with and then who we kind of like, ooh, I don't like you. And also, I feel like one thing I liked about this was it is already set in Grishaverse, so we already have kind of that world-building basis, so we kind of know how things are going, so I felt like that was kind of easier to read too. Also, I really just liked the heist and kind of the whole plot of that, because I thought that was interesting compared to Shadow and Bone, because that book was very focused on her and her character development and her story. Well, this one is more about the experience than the characters, I feel like. I mean, you get to see more of that, but because it's not from just one character's perspective, so I like that. Yeah, that's what I thought for the books, but for the show, it we got a lot of introduction to Nina and Matthias' story, which I really like. We got to see Inej, Jesper, and Kaz kind of interacting. One thing was the ending. No, 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 no. They should not have met. There was a lot of couples. There was there were some things about the show that was not good. I also enjoyed the show a lot. I, I liked seeing Nina and Matthias' relationship. It was so accurate. It was like the best thing of the show, to be honest. <laughs> Jesper and Inej, I love their friendship so much. It made me so happy. People were shipping that too. That's not okay. People will ship anything. They're friends. People need to understand. (laughs) I really thought it interesting to see them interacting as a trio and as a duo before they all like came together to go on this heist. I also really love the cast for, I mean this is like for Shadow and Bone too. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Really loved the cast, but I do think there was still some erasure of representation in the cast, as um, Nina, who is a plus-size character, was played by a mid-size actor. I didn't really mind that because we are seeing plus-size actresses and actors being represented, so I do like that, but then also I don't really see that many mid-size characters, and for Nina, I thought she did a really good job portraying her. I know, I loved how she portrayed Nina. But the thing is, it's like, are we gonna have mid-size representation at the expense of plus-size representation? And also, Jasper, I'm pretty sure he was described to 
have darker skin in the book, but the actor was light-skinned, but also because the actor is able-bodied for casts. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I love the cast and everything, but there was, all I'm saying is that there still was some erasure of certain representation in the cast. Yeah, definitely. I just blame the producers or something because they need a new job. Somebody needs to fire them. And literally the stunt double. Oh my god. Because when we heard, first realized this, we kind of both tried to give Netflix or the producers the benefit of the doubt, but then more that we thought about this, we're like, Mm-mm, no, no. Okay, yeah, let's talk about right that right now because I'm just so upset about the whole situation. Just like for some background, the reason why I was like first interested in reading Six of Crows was because of Inej and because one of the main characters was a South Asian woman and as a South Asian woman I can like relate to that and I was really excited about that and I was even more excited to see someone actually playing this this role because it was South Asian representation in media but basically what happened is that the stunt double for Inej was white and they did brown face on her to make her look like Inej. Here I'm gonna go on my notes app right now because I wrote a whole rant in there so <laughs> i need to look at that if you guys don't know um my camera does not work because she spilled milk on her computer no my camera was not working long before that so like we are like zooming while like recording but it's really awkward while on facetime it's a lot of technology yeah but now we're on facetime because it's weird of only taya sees i see taya's face and everything oh do you see both of me Oh my god, you do. Yeah, so as a South Asian woman, I see myself and um Inej. Okay, is this where am I even supposed to start about this? I have like so much to say, but I'm not sure where to start. You were excited to see this representation and the fact that it wasn't even accurate representation. Like on the front it was, but it really wasn't deep down. Yeah, because okay, I just want to talk about this. The director for the person who made the show has always been preaching about diversity it says he says that it's one of the things he's proudest of in the show but the thing is this whole situation has really showed me how these big industries they don't care about actual representation they only care about representation on the screen so then they can profit off of it tokenize the diversity enough just to i guess quote-unquote please these underrepresented minorities so then they can also benefit and make profit off of that because like where's the diversity behind the screen why would you have a white stunt woman for a brown character and like okay people are saying but maybe they just didn't have access to south asian women literally why are you defending netflix they're like a multi-million dollar company and just the brown face on top of that too is just inappropriate. Yeah, they have Bollywood movies. They have access to Bollywood. And you're telling me that they don't have access to brown stunt doubles? Who thought that was okay? Who thought it was okay to do brown face? Yeah. Like, I don't care what the reason for that is. You cannot do brown face. I want to talk about the whole situation with the actors. I really want people to stop asking Amita to talk about this situation. Because the thing is, is that it probably was disheartening for her. And it's just like so 
sad to think about how she also saw a lot of herself in Inej, but then had to share this role with a white woman. And the thing is, is that people keep on asking her to like say something about this. No, it is not her job to educate you on this. And also like this could injure her career if she talked about it too. There's also so many other people who may be better equipped to discuss this. Like maybe she isn't comfortable talking about it or she isn't like she doesn't know everything or even even if she does and even if she wanted to, you know, that's her choice and you shouldn't be pushing her to discuss something that she's not ready to do. Yeah, like people are acting like because she's the person that plays this role and because she's a brown woman, she's responsible to talk about this, but it's not her responsibility at all. It's whoever was in charge of this whole thing and decided this was okay. Yeah, the fact that this is a pretty large-scale production, like this had a lot of money. A lot of people went through and saw that this choice was okay. A lot of people have seen, knew about this, and nobody stopped to like change it or to be like, hey, maybe this isn't okay. This stunt double, they can take off their brown face. I'm literally brown. I can't just take it off. I have to deal with it my whole life. And just anyone thinking this is remotely okay is disgusting. So I'm just really disappointed about that. Also, okay, this is kind of separate, but this is my third time watching the show. Don't judge me. But the writing in it isn't the greatest. Like, it's not clear all the time what is happening. And even being a reader, I'm sometimes like, wait, what? And I'm just like, mm. And then there's like no, this is kind of moving into plot, but there's like no time differentiation between what time it is, how many days have passed, how many months have passed. It just kind of feels like it's all happened between like two weeks and five months. Like, you can't really tell the difference. So I thought that was kind of disappointing. But I did like the overall thing, as I mentioned earlier. This is just my kind of jam too, about like having the main characters be kind of like anti-heroes or whatever. I thought that was kind of interesting. One thing I would like to mention before we talk about the main characters was, okay, does everyone remember Juiced? Like at the, at the beginning of the book, the first chapter, I literally shipped him with Anya so much and then he just died and it was really sad. But I was like, he's so nice. And then I was like, also because I went at the beginning of reading this, I was kind of confused because I was like, I don't remember hearing this person's name. And turns out he wasn't a part of the crows and it was kind of disheartening. I remember when we were talking about um the Shadow and Bone episode, that guy that got off the ship and like traveled through the fold and then he was just bopped in the head as soon as he met the crows. Oh, Alexi? He literally deserved better. Okay, poor Alexi, I guess. Maybe you should talk about what you thought of the characters first because nobody's gonna like my response. Yeah, okay. I definitely like the characters better and as Taya was saying because we got to see all their point of views. Okay, and Nezh, Jasper, and Nina were my favorite characters in the book right now. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love all three of them. Okay, well, so I didn't really like any of the characters at first, ex except for I always loved Inej and Wylan. Those were my two favorites. Honestly, Kaz can go die in a hole. Just, well, I felt bad for him when I read his backstory. If I met him in real life, I'd hate him so much. Yeah, no, and times just the ways he, like, treats, like, I know he cares about Inej, but just damn, the way he, like, treats her sometimes just makes me so upset. But he needs to express his feelings better. Yeah, and then Jesper, okay, don't hate me, but at first I didn't really like Jesper because he was a bit much for me and his jokes 
books I just thought weren't really that funny, but I grew to like him and by the second book I really liked him. Nina, mmm, I really like Nina in the King of Scars series, but in this one I just, I don't know, I was like why would I read Nina when I can read Annette, you know? And she was just very over the top for me, like very like, ooh, I love this. I'm like, why are you a criminal? And then Matthias, okay, I'm not gonna talk about Crooked Kingdom that much, but really, I did not care about him until, like, the very end of Crooked Kingdom. He, like, keeps on trying to, like, murder and Kaz and Nina. Like, Matthias, be quiet. Why is he there? No offense, but I kind of forgot why he was there. Like, he was only there for backup. He was only there because he was familiar with the, like, complex they were trying to, like, break into. Mm, but did he actually help? I don't remember any point of him helping. <laughs> like, honestly. He was just skedaddling along. Yeah, pretty much. And then Wyland was amazing. I love Wyland too. I'll also include him in the characters I love. Matthias and Kaz are just not it for me. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah, and then we already know that their characters changed pretty considerably through the show and the book because, okay, they made Kaz tell Inej that he needed her. What the hell was that? He would have never said that. I was so shocked. Anywho, one thing I did like how they showed Jesper's gambling addiction. At least they put the basis of it because we don't really, we didn't really get to see a little, a lot of it, but we got to see a little bit of it. But one thing I didn't like was that with his gambling addiction, you have Kaz enabling that. And we do not see that at all throughout the show. It's just kind of Kaz being like, I told you not to gamble, which obviously, yeah, if he has money that Kaz gave him, but if he earned that money at the end of the day, Kaz would be like, yeah, go gamble, which like he didn't really show. Kaz caring about Jesper was a part of his personality because he thought of him as like a brother, and we don't really get to see Wyland, which I was really disappointed because he's like my favorite character besides Zanesh. Honestly, I'm concerned for season two because you know how we got Alina's backstory? We're gonna get all the crow's backstory is like kids i hope we don't get to see kaz's backstory of like him and jordy that is gonna be tv mature like i understand shadow and bone was tv 14 there's no way no way they're gonna be able to do six of crows and make it they'll make it less traumatizing no though but that's like a huge part of their characters <laughs> honestly that's another thing about matthias that i just remembered is that he doesn't really have a backstory like we don't really know too much about his growing up same with nina but we learn about nina and like king of scars but matthias we just know he's like racist and sexist and whatever you know <laughs> that's, that's his personality trait yeah honestly though matthias annoyed me though okay like even though nina did kind of put him in jail i don't know she basically quote unquote saved his life by really just sending him to prison and lied to him lied to the people in court so then he would stay in prison and she felt bad but like really nina did you the thing is like nina was never really like aggressive or really had like any hate towards matthias and the thing is like matthias just the whole time in their like whole backstory shadow and bone and just like throughout this book he's always been just like oh blah he's such a debbie downer you know well at least like kaz too like kaz is like the leader at least he has a purpose versus matthias is just kind of there and i feel like kaz is kind of you know he brings people together in a very interesting way he's like a bad teacher in a horrible class they bring the class together <laughs> wait wait that's actually that's strangely okay, accurate. that's actually pretty accurate yeah he's just a really bad teacher and like all the students buy because of that 
Oh yeah, I also saw this other thing about Wylan, where like the whole fandom basically infantilizes. It makes him seem like a baby. I don't know if that's a word, but what you, what you just said. Because he's like the youngest, right? He's 15, whatever. But I'm like, oh damn, he's my age? They're literally all around the same age. It's not like a big age difference or anything. So I just find it weird when people are like, oh, we treat him as a baby because he's 15. Like, okay. I see the fandom doing that as well, and I saw some videos that were like, mm, this isn't okay, and like, I agree. Literally, Wyland has done equally horrible things. Not like Kaz, okay, but he blows things up. He does his own thing, and I don't think that he should be treated as like, oh, he's perfect, he can't do anything wrong, you know? He's still choosing to do these bad things. Weird in general when fandoms infantilize characters, because dang, they're not- they do that a lot in the AOT fandom for Armin, specifically. I mean, if you watch it, Attack on Titan, fanon version, is this like fan boy that like can do no wrong for all for the game too they also do that with andrew and neil but mostly andrew and i'm like really they're young but they still have like trauma and they just make them like oh they're such like they're so cute and we're like mm, i don't know about that like they would probably murder you in your sleep if you let them so <laughs> why would you do that fanon versions just suck in general like they're so annoying and the fandom for shadow and bone literally they're shipping everybody at this point and it's really disappointing what was the reason when these actual shippable people are right here? Why ship? I will never know. Honestly, it's so weird. Okay, my phone just ran out of battery, so you can't see my face anymore. Haha. <laughs> but like, imagine like Cass reacting to the fandom. He would hate it so much. I feel like every character too, Inej would be like, Kaz and Inej, they would not be here for it. Or Wylan, none of them. It's because they're the most like inaccurately represented in the fandom, I feel like. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We're just ranting about fandoms, but yeah. Fandoms scare me. They do. As soon as they get big, they get so toxic and it's a scary. Bro, okay, I wanted to talk about that too right now with Shadow and Bone and their fandom because yes, there are people that have only watched the show at this point, but it's it's getting really out of hand with the people who have only watched the show. Just read the book. I mean, no, we said last episode we're not gatekeeping or anything, but you guys are crazy. Like, we are gatekeeping. It's just so disappointing too because, okay, the fandom was already so divided between Mal and Alina and the Darkling and Alina, and so we already knew the fandom was separated, right? But then the fact that they made it into a show, so the even more crazy people who don't know how horrible the Darkling is are gonna like actually think the show is okay. I kind of want to infiltrate the show fandom. We should make a fake account. Oh god, that's gonna be so scary. Why? It'd be so funny. We could we could pose to be. But it's scary. Imagine like the random ships and everything and everyone like glamorizing the Darkling and calling him hot. Like, ah, uh, that's scary. I'll make the ship edits. Yeah, I'll make the glamorizing ship edits and then you can go onto people's pages. It'll be fun. Because another thing is we don't really get to see, okay, I'm thinking about Kaz, right? They made him so soft, even though he like never smiles. They made him such like a different character and people are like, we like that. And the fact that if you ever met Kaz in real life, you'd hate him. You'd probably hate him. You'd probably want to like murder him in his sleep because he's smarter than you. He's richer than you. <laughs> like, I love him, but I don't. Once you get to know him too, you as a reader get to know him a lot more than any other person in the story. Even Inej, you know him better than she knows him. So I feel like you have to take that with a grain of salt too because you get to see all of his internal monologue and all that jazz about like his feelings or whatever. But then if you just read it. Even if you didn't read any of those, you would hate him so much. So I think Leah Bardugo did a good job of showing these characters and you being able to empathize with them. Time. 
time. So I think one theme is retribution. Hear me out, right? A lot of wrong has happened to these characters throughout their childhood, their lives. They will continue to happen. They also cause a lot of wrong. So Cass's kind of justification for all of his personality traits and all the horrible things he does is the fact, well, you know what? I'm getting at my enemy, Pekka Rollins, who essentially ruined his life. Also, okay, revenge, kind of all these mix of, you know, fuels and how he keeps going. And then Inej has been wronged, Jesper kind of been, I don't really know, but Matthias has been wronged, all of the people. So I feel like they also have their own drive and they kind of all come together because of their shared interest, which is money. You know what? I don't actually think it's money because they don't actually spend much of their money. I think that they like doing this because one, it's entertaining. I mean, I'm sure they love money, but I also think it is about the journey. I mean, not to sound like weird or anything, but I think they do actually like doing it. I don't think any of them think like that. None of them are like, ooh, let's go on this journey. No, no, not that. Like, Kaz really likes planning things out and he likes getting, having plans and stuff. And I think that they all have their own things to contribute throughout the story that isn't just like, oh, I'm only here for the money. They would never acknowledge that. So I feel like it isn't just about money. Like, there's some more depth to that. Also, Pekka Rollins can die. With the dregs and with the crows, they kind of want power, I guess. I mean, we've already talked about power dynamics, and I think that there's some sort of hierarchy within the crows. You know how, like, Kaz is the leader, and they all have their different roles to play. So I feel like that also, like, ties into the story. Also, you get to read about different characters and what they think of the other characters, you know? Matthias, he's like, oh, I respect Inej, and he, like, doesn't mention Kaz, because he's like, mm, I don't like him, you know? I, okay, I'm kind of upset because Eve is on Thursday, and for some reason, that's the day that my classes just chose to have a bunch of tests on, and I'm like, guys, guys, this is like the one day I have. Let me have it, you know? My Thursdays are like my Fridays with how busy they are. Okay, it's mainly one class. One class, I literally, like 50% of my work for school is for one class. What would you do? Okay, what would you do if you were in the ice court and Kaz had drowned? Because, you know, he kind of gave up at that point, right? You had just gone, you dragged Kaz out. Like, he was there, right? You need your money. He's dead-ish. You know, like, what do you do? I don't have to like him to know that I need him for the money. Like, we're all dead and we're all going to be caught if he's not alive because he's kind of the brains of the whole operation. We can't just be, like, so petty to not just save him because we dislike him so i'm saving him <laughs> imagine how petty you'd be you'd be like mm -mm, we're leaving him also i love the fact that he just like woke up because of money he's like come again did i hear that correctly <laughs> it was also really split up at that point like different people were at different parts of the ice court too so i think he was only with like he was with nina and a couple other people okay taya would you save him what would i do it's a hard choice if nina was there i'd let her do everything but if i was there i'd probably freak out and then like start crying or like cpr okay how, how would you even be on the curls in the first place if that's your reaction <laughs> to things. Well, also, I have, like, no skills <laughs> for, like, any heist. Okay, I have a few- I have two questions. Out of all the characters, what character would you be based on your skills? And then also, side question, if you were a crow, what would your skill be that isn't part of the crows? Dang. Okay, let me think about this. Do you have an answer to this? I guess I'd probably be a edge because, like, hiding in corners or whatever, but I can't do parkour, so I don't know. Jasper, I mean, I've never, like, held a gun ever. I mean, unless we're talking about water guns. <laughs> <laughs> 
Then I have all the skills we need. <laughs> I mean, it's the ice court. It's surrounded by water. You could just fill up the- Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I may be him. Okay, do you know what your ability would be? What are your natural skills? Damn, I didn't know either. That's why I asked. Okay. I'd either be like, do you like archery? Robin Hood, you know? <laughs> or I'd make poisons and medicines. That was a good- You'd be like, a, oh, that's actually- Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What are my skills, Seher? I mean, I- I know you have feels, but it's hard to translate it into six of crows. I feel like arson. <gasps> oh my god, yes! You literally have an obsession. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd basically be like wildin' with explosives, but just with like burning things. Oh my god, we'd be perfect together. We could burn things down and poison people. We'd be great on the crows, but we there's only going to be two of us. Maybe we could be pigeons. <laughs> Another what would you do? What would you do if you were Nina, right? You were the only Grisha in the Six of Crows and you were trapped and you had to take Judah Parham. Like, would you or would you not? Okay, this is an interesting question because Judah Parham has pretty much a 100% death rate. So I don't think it's worth it. But if we're talking about if we all die or if I just die fighting all these people. Might as well take one for the team. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm gonna take it just for that reason. But yeah, I'm gonna be pretty sad if I die. Yeah, pretty much. I would probably do that. Not that I want to be addicted to like a rare substance that you're never gonna find and that can make you super powerful, but also I want money. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Bookish Besties. We are your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. Make sure to join us next week where we will be discussing Crooked Kingdom, which is the second book in the Six of Crows duology, which will also be the last episode for our Grishaver series and make sure to stay connected with us on TikTok at Bookish Besties and on Instagram at the Bookish Besties underscore. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye.